I'm hoping that my message is a little different from usual. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, I won't be ashamed to say I have, uh, uh, I've been really listening to one of my favorite preachers lately. And if I sound like, sound like the person, so be it. Okay? Okay? It's okay. Let's come and pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for the power of your love that was demonstrated. Not only on the cross, but also on the empty tomb. Empty tomb declared that God, what you came to do, when Jesus died on the cross, it was vindicated, it was fulfilled. We are able to see the manifestation as our Lord Jesus broke the power of death and sin and came back to life and lifted up and glorified as the Lord and King and God. We love you today. Be in our midst today. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to exalt your name and glorify your name. We honor you, God. Draw near in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray, amen, amen. Today's title of the message is, this is not the title. You know, one of the things I do is uh, in my preparation and prayerful things, you know, I do a lot of Google search on pics. The reason, you know, I've said it many times, I, I find a lot of artists tend to sense God's heart in different ways when, when I see their interpretations of things. It gives me encouragement, ideas to think about it. Yeah, resurrection is about hope. Easter is about hope. Not only our name is hope, but really resurrection speaks, Easter resurrection speaks of hope that lives. Today's title, Lazarus, come forth. William, I'm speak, I'll be speaking out of John chapter 11. Let me read. I don't want to read the whole chapter. I just want to tell you stories, tell you story a little bit, account a little bit, and pick a few verses in, and to fill in the blank. In John 11, now a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus, who lived in Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. His brother Lazarus was sick. The story really is this man, Lazarus, brother of uh, Martha and Mary, was sick, dying. So the sisters sent a word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, Jesus loved, the word of God, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Out of all the people in the Bible, God, Jesus, Jesus loved all the people. But yet, here, in a few places, here, Jesus said he loved this family in a special way. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I don't have time to explain all this, all the nuance of this amazing uh, story. But let me go on. Verse 17, and then, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. When Jesus finally came to their home, not only did Lazarus die, but now he was also buried. He was in a tomb for four days. Hope is lost. 
dead, not only dead, buried, and in the tomb for four days. And Martha then, when, when Jesus came, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my bro brother would not have died. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And, and Martha responds in her own ways. As your story goes, and Jesus now goes to the grave where Lazarus is buried in the tomb for four days. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now, it was a cave. A stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. Or oh, King James Version, I like, he says, he stinketh. I love that translation better. He says, he's in the, in the tomb for four days. He's already, he stinketh. For he has been dead for four days. But Jesus told them to remove. So they removed the stone. And then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it. So that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. No, Lazarus, come forth. There was authority in his voice. Look what it says. Then the man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings. Yeah, he, he was bound, right? So he, maybe this, but you know, he came out. His face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Today is a resurrection Sunday. As we, I wanted to look at this story, and, and I think this account, story, of Jesus is one of, one of Jesus' mighty miracles, speaks a lot about the resurrection more than anything else we know. And, I, and let me just talk to you a little bit. As you live this life, as you live this life, there are seasons and times we go through difficult times. When things are tough, things are dark, and when it seems like there's no way out, we, our despair sets in. Hopelessness fills our soul. We have nowhere to go. I remember three and a half years ago, I was talking to Lisa, uh, one of our elders, talked to her a little bit on, I think, Good Friday, a few days ago, and talk, uh, talk, I was talking with her about her father who had a uh, heart attack a few while ago, and he's, not being he's being restored, but some of the struggles he's going through, I remember when I stroke three and a half years ago, miraculously, God, I was out of everything, even rehab in 10 days. But I remember for next month, every night when I go to bed, I feel the pain, heaviness on my chest. And when I, when I was trying to sleep, I felt like I was, if I get sleep, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning. And, then, and there's a, a sense of death was all around me. 
And I never had problems sleeping. Those days, I couldn't sleep at night. If I try to sleep, I took medicine against go to sleep, but when I try to sleep, I'm afraid I'm not going to get up. I was having the death pain, death, fear of death, roamed, you know, just roamed in my life. So every day, you know, I, what I did was for the next three months was trying to recover. And I would walk, you know, my wife was so nice to me those days, more than these days, so much more. And every day, she and I would walk holding hands, we would walk on the street. And, you know, so that I'll get to exercise, all that. But I remember even in those times, there was, I think, there was, I think, one day I think everything broke. I mean, one day I remember walking, walking around the neighborhood, probably walk about an hour and a half, about 10,000 steps. And I remember came, I was, I was just coming, I was walking back up. I was listening to one of my old favorite gospel songs. As I was singing, hearing the song, my heart just broke. God, I'm weak, I'm dying. And hear my cry, I remember, and, and I was crying. I really broke down before God. God, I come. I am yours. And I remember there, you know, some little bit of tears, and when I, when I poured out my heart to God, that's when I felt the sense of peace. Man, you know, all, all of us go through pain and difficult times more than once, many times. Even those who look happy, those who look everything seem to be good, successful, even those, if you talk to look deep inside, there are seasons when difficulty were there. Everybody who looked or like okay, they had some seasons of difficulty and troubles. One thing is true that I learned over the years is that there is end to the suffering and pain. One of the stories I love in the Bible, all, all of us know, is Noah's flood. When God, when, because the world became so sinful, God punished it. The rain, 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, and the whole world, everything was being destroyed. Everything was dying on God's punishment, God's judgment. You know, and, and, and then the story ends where flood stops. Rain stops. And water begins to go down, right? Flood stops. Rain stopped. You see, pain in the, and suffering in this life will end, has, has an end. It will not go on forever. It will have an end. One of the things I learned over the years when, when, you, when I go to difficult, difficult times, I realize even though I, I, I had a, I didn't have, I'm not having the same thing as what I had before, but I had other situations when things were difficult. But those seasons passed. It ended. Now I, I'm learning that one truth, that there's end to suffering, end to pain. Next chapter in Genesis 9, you know, and, you know, God said, you know, promises saying, I will not punish the world and punish the whole world with flood anymore. He gave, he gave rainbow, right, as a sign, his promise. The end of the suffering is rainbow. End of the suffering is rainbow, isn't it? You see, I'm, I'm thinking about this resurrection of our Lord Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, and all the people, disciples or not, didn't understand what was happening when Jesus died. When, when, and all their hope was lost. They didn't understand the end of suffering. 
for the people of God is the rainbow. It's the promise of God. You know, you see the most powerful message in the, in the gospel is the resurrection, isn't it? Now, this is like my notes, but let me just muse, talk, think, think, think with you a little bit for a couple, a couple of minutes, not in my notes, like something different. One of the things that, you know, I put a little, I, I've been trying, my wife has been telling me I put too many Facebook posts, so nobody reads anymore. <laughs> I put like dozens of days, so, like, so I stopped, trying to stop it as much as possible. But I put out an interesting one post yesterday. The cross is not enough. Supposed to be provocative statement. When you say, if I say cross is not enough, you say heretic. But yes, cross is enough in many ways, but cross is not enough in some way. If there's only cross, if there's no resurrection, we will not talk about cross of Jesus' death. Jesus' death of our Lord Jesus makes sense only because there is a resurrection. You see? Otherwise, you'd have been under the suffering that went. Okay, so somebody died for me. Yes. It can be very sentimental. Okay. But so what? Resurrection makes the cross, the death of our Lord Jesus, clearly what God meant to do. Resurrection is necessary. You know why I say that? Because when I went to Princeton Seminary, my first year, this was a liberal school. You know, you think, when you think about Princeton Seminary, the names are like, oh, good school. No, it's a very liberal school. The first year seminary, after one year, I wanted to quit the school. I, I, I took a year off, went away, because I wanted to quit the school. My, one of my classes in the, uh, theology class, one of my professors said, did Jesus resurrect? So we asked, did he or not? He would not answer. He would say, Moltmann says this, Bultmann said this, what about you? Did Jesus resurrect? He would never answer. We have prophets who didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Some people even say, we don't need resurrection. We just need the death of Christ. No. There's no resurrection. That we are the most pitiable, Jesus, Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. No resurrection. We are the worst. We are the sorriest people ever. Without resurrection, there's no promise of God in Christ and the cross ever be verified or, or, or proved to us. You see, the most powerful message of the gospel is resurrection. Amen? You see, Jesus Christ came in the flesh to be with us, to forgive us our sins and, and, and redeem us. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins. And because he wanted to deliver us, make us alive, he came in human flesh and died on the cross. But our end is not, our end is resurrection. It doesn't stop there. You see, the end is not just suffering. End is the resurrection. End of the, the, end, end of the suffering was the rainbow. End of the suffering, end of the cross is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. You see, when I look at the cross of our Lord Jesus, how Jesus died on the cross for us, I see God's unwavering, 
unrelenting, unrelenting you know, stubbornness who wants to save humanity. God is stubborn. He will not change his mind to save us. And he paid ultimate price to save us and give us life. But our end is resurrection. Not death, but life. Not defeat, but victory. Not failures, but joy and success. But salvation. My wife, my wife only knows two basketball players, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. That was the only the team that she would have, we will ever watch together. You know, and and we, I remember we would watch in a, in a Chicago Bulls, not Michael Jordan in Wizard, okay? Michael Jordan in Chicago Bulls, okay? I mean, we, we, that's the only game we would watch. I remember we were watching. I mean, one game it was a sort of a dramatic game. Where, where, you know, where, you know, they look like they're losing, like about almost 10 points down with, with less, less than a minute left, right? And, we, and my wife and I, we are watching, and all the, you know, the broadcasters, I think that the game was being, I think, on the broadcaster from Chicago, I guess. And, and, the, and the, all the broadcasters made it sound like, wow, they're going to lose and all that. There's no hope. But I was not scared. I was not moved, not because Jordan is good, because I heard the news already. This is a replay. This is a replay. So I knew who won. So I wasn't worried. Because I, and the thing is, I read the end of the life, end of the book. The Bible says, at the end, Jesus wins. At the end, God is victorious. At the end, God makes all things new. When I know the end, I'm not worried about, it looks like I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer right now. I'm going to lose right now. I'm not going to worry because I know the end. How foolish it is for me to worry when I know the game already won. You know what I'm getting at, right? You see, yes, there are suffering in life. There are pain in life. There are. But we know the end. We know the victory is assured in Christ Jesus. Do you already know who won the game? Meaning, when I go to some tough, difficult time, I know this is not the end. I know who wins. So I have strength to endure. Amen? But let me go back to the story of Lazarus. If you think about the story of Lazarus, right? There was no, there surely there's no hope for Lazarus. He died. Not only did he die, but he was buried. He's in the tomb for four days. He stinketh. No hope. The, the, the sisters hoped that, you know, if you came, if you, he's alive, you can make him well. But he died. You see, and yet to, the, to that situation, Jesus come. Actually, the Bible says he actually this took a little longer to come. He tarried there a little longer, extra days. He came when he was dead for a long time. He comes out and, and speaks, move, move the stone. And he speaks forth, Lazarus, come forth. At his word, the authority of Christ, the dead couldn't hold him back anymore. 
But that, had, that has to let him go. You see, when Jesus calls, calls out, Lazarus, come forth. He's declaring who he is. You see, resurrection declares Jesus is who he said he is. All the promises he made is true. All the things he claimed about himself is true. And all that God has promised in Christ Jesus and on the, what he had done on the cross is true. When he spoke, Lazarus come forth. He's not only telling Lazarus come forth 2,000 years ago, all the Lazaruses who are going through a difficult time right now, when difficult season, he's saying, Lazarus come forth. Lazarus come forth. He is a resurrected Lord. He says, come. Lazarus, come forth. He's speaking to you and me. He's speaking to our situations. Come forth. You see, all of us, the Lazaruses, he calls forth to give life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one of the most powerful passages in the Bible, it says, Oh, death, weighs your victory? Oh, death, weighs your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How powerful is that? You see, in this world, there's no power against sickness, the death. No, no one, can, no, nothing can defeat death in this side of the world. Not money, not knowledge, not authority or power. By faith, yes. By faith, we have victory over death. We may not have silver or gold, but we have the Lord, Lord our God, who raised dead Lazarus. He is not only the God of Lazarus, but also our God and our Lord. Today our God calls us, calls out for us from our graves. He's calling us out of our graves from our failures, from our despairs, all sorrows and pains, all hopelessnesses. He calls forth us who are dying. He cries out, Lazarus, come forth. You see, our hope is in unwavering, unrelenting love of God that paid the ultimate price to save us and set us free. That's our God. Our salvation is sure. Our hope is certain. Therefore, we can endure the temporary pain and suffering. If we can, if we can, if we can endure them, it is our foolishness, even our weakness. Look at what Apostle Paul says. Therefore, therefore, okay, let me see. Let me go back. Timothy Keller, the pastor in New York York City, Manhattan, said, I love this quote, Christ's resurrection not only gives you hope for the future, but also it gives you the hope to handle your scars today, right now. Not the, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus not only gives us hope about future hope, but even today he gives us strength to handle and endure through 
pains and difficulties. Not only that, he grants miracles and powers even now. That's our Lord Jesus. Look at what Paul said. For I consider that the suffering of this present, present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You see, the pain and suffering in this, in this is temporary. But crown of crown of life that God gives us is eternal. Amen. On this resurrection day, I want to declare to you the hope that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus calls forth us forth out of our graves. Lazarus, come forth. I declare, we declare it as Jesus declares it to us. Come forth. He does set us free. He gives us strength to endure in these seasons. He gives us power to walk knowing that we won the victory. And in, in that time, we will experience his power and glory in our midst. Pope Benedict, I love his quote, not that one who has hope lives differently. We have hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. We live differently because we have hope. Amen? I don't know where you are. You may be in the season, a difficult season, a painful season. I want you to know the resurrection message is for you, for all of us. It declares, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Our God is the resurrected Lord. Yes, he died on the cross to forgive us all our sins, but give us new life, new hope. Amen? Amen. Just, just one more minute. When I, whenever I read the gospel accounts of Jesus' resurrection, I love the first phrases. Early in the morning, on the first day of the week, he says. Early, first of the week, early in the morning. You see, Jesus was resurrected on the first day of the week, the eighth day. Speaking of new creation, God is making everything new. He, on the Sabbath, he was in the tomb rested. On the first day of the week, he was resurrected with, to declare that he is beginning everything new, giving us new life, new power, new grace. Our God is God of new hope. New power, new life, newness in all things. He make, he's making all things new. He says, come, Lazarus, come forth. I think I'm speak, maybe speaking to some of you directly. Our, our Lord Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Out of your bond, out of your bonds, out of your grave. Be time for us to come out and walk in his power and grace.